Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. All right, you guys, today on the show, we are joined by two of my amazing friends, James and Jess. James and Jess are wedding photographers who shoot luxury weddings all over the world, and they are also educators who teach fellow entrepreneurs how to thrive, not only in business, but also in life. They are based out of Santa Barbara. They've photographed like a billion weddings, just getting over 350 weddings over the globe over the past 14 years, and I love something that I really love about them is that they are constantly striving to show others that this beautiful life is worth living each day to the fullest. And I just think that's so beautiful. Um, I'm really excited to have them on. We Full disclosure, we've literally talked for 30 minutes now, just like catching up <laughs> before we hit record. So I'm really excited to clue you guys into this conversation as well. And I'm going to kick it over to James and Jess, let them tell us a little bit about their story. And then we are going to talk all about how to make money from home in this crazy difficult time. And if you're listening to this like later in the future, we are currently dealing with this entire like coronavirus self-quarantine situation. So we're going to talk all about different ways to make more money from home. Hello, Laylee. Thank you so much. That's, uh, that's quite the intro. Thank you. I feel very loved. Um, yes. Hello, everybody. We're James and Jess. Like she said, we've been doing this for over 14 years and we absolutely love what we get to do. We feel so honored when we get to hop on podcasts and educate and teach you guys all these wild things. And oh man, I got into photography because it would allow me to never sit at a desk. It would allow me to travel around the world and it would allow me to connect with human hearts wherever I went. And an avenue about seven, eight years into that, that expanded out of it was educating. It allowed me to do the exact same things on a broader scale and on a deeper level than just spending a day or a season with someone. It allowed us to sink our teeth in further into this creative world and business world and helping everyone else rise as well into success. So that's a little bit about us. We also were photographers separately before we met and started dating. So like I photographed my first wedding when I was 18 and then I didn't (laughs) meet James for many, many years later. And so what's fun is when we started dating, we were like, should we shoot together? Should we not? Like, is this going to be a good dynamic or not? And I had destination weddings for the first month that we were dating. So, so I didn't see her for a month. And I got back and James was like, I miss you. And uh, your next wedding, I'm going to shoot it with you. We're going to do it. Together. So the next one is in San Francisco. And I think we were, I mean, we had been friends for like a long time as in I was pursuing her for a long time and she was my friend. And <laughs> Finally, we started dating, and like she said, she disappeared for a month shooting weddings with hopping back in between. I think it was Hawaii, New York, Seattle, and yeah. then came home and was another week in San Francisco. And I said, this is ridiculous. We should at least try to see if this works. And man, it could have turned out bad for that wedding. But fortunately, it turned <laughs> out really well. And we never stopped. So yeah. once we got married, we officially switched from Jess and James as separate people to James and Jess this brand and company and have allowed that to evolve and adapt into what it is today. And we're very fortunate to work together. And it was, uh, it's always a process working with your spouse, but it's a wonderful thing if you have the right, I guess, perspective on it. Yeah. I love that. I think I'm going to have to have you guys back on to like talk about working with your spouse because I, I don't, I, I don't have a ton of perspective on it. <laughs> my husband and I actually, we met 
working together, but it wasn't in the same way. Like we didn't live together, work together. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And I know a lot of our listeners are interested in that. So you might have to come back for like round two. I would love to talk about that. It is, I mean, we literally spend, I would say 98% of our life together. And we still like each That's other great. at the end of- But there are definite <laughs> tactics and things yes. that we could teach. So let's do round two on that. <laughs> I was gonna say, you guys seem so happy. I don't understand. <laughs> it works. That's amazing. Okay, so let's dive into talking about some ways that creative entrepreneurs can be making money right now and kind of just like increasing revenue based on things that they're already doing or, um, you know, whatever tips that you have there. So like right off the bat, like what's, what is kind of like your overarching idea in this, in this arena? Yes. I, as an overarching theme and I'll dive into stuff, uh, like we said, we're photographers as well. So there'll be some more photo specific things. There'll also be some business specific things that we dive into for just the broader scale of, of actionable things, but something that we always have to ask ourselves and that I would encourage everyone listening to this, especially in this time to ask themselves is, are you doing all you can today to maximize your efforts and your profitability and your influence and success? And it sounds like such a harsh question to ask, but every night it sounds so harsh, but it's not. When you go to bed and everyone has this, especially in this awkward time of, of self-isolation, quarantine, whatever they're calling it, is you're from home so it can get a little mundane and there's some times where you just go to bed and there's almost this like weird stirring of guilt that kind of happens and you're kind of not sure why sometimes it is other things but for the most part when that's me i look back it's the days i look back and i understand i didn't do nearly as much as i should have done i didn't take the actions i should have done to have a clear and healthy conscious that when i go to bed i know that regardless of the circumstances or the outcome i did all i could to produce fruit, to move the ball forward. You know, some days it feels like you're moving a pile of dirt with a shovel. Sometimes it feels like it's a spoon. But at the end of the day, if you know that you've moved all you can, you can rest easy. So the first thing I always encourage people to think about and ask themselves in a very honest way is, am I doing all I can? Did I do all I could today to get to that point? Because usually you'll find it in the slipping through the cracks of complaining or bitching about something and you're like, wait, 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 that means I'm guilty of something. If I'm complaining about something, that means I'm guilty of not putting in the efforts. And it's usually complaining comes out against other things, but it's usually a reflection of what's happening in your own efforts and heart. I totally agree with that. It's actually, it's interesting because I, I enjoyed that you prefaced it with like, this sounds really harsh, but I actually think it's really refreshing to hear this, this take on it. And on the show for my loyal listeners who actually listen to multiple episodes, I say this a lot. And there was like this weird shift a few years ago where everybody was like, head down, hustle, 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 like work really hard, work really hard. And then all of a sudden it's like the entire internet was like, nope, you need to rest. Like everybody rests, rest over hustle. And I'm like, whatever happened to just working hard, but also like giving yourself a break every so often, like there's yeah. a thing, there is such thing as balance. And I think that the whole rest over hustle mentality has tricked people into forgetting that like, you have to be able to, at the end of the day, be like, I worked really hard. Yeah. I completely agree. I, I love that so much. And I, it's so funny. I totally saw that shift too especially in like the creative entrepreneur owning your business thing. And that comes from like extremists, right? Like I personally, like my perspective of balance isn't 50, 50, it never is. Mm -hmm. 
for me personally, especially since Jess and I work together, it's like 90 work, 10 rest. But a quick note on rest, and I've had to think about this more often than not during this self-quarantine, especially because a lot of people don't usually work from home where they have a studio or an office or they do this part-time, so they have some kind of routine where they go out to. I guarantee you in the first two weeks, every single one of you listening, including myself, <laughs> had a day where you ended it and you're like, what was today? <laughs> and you're thinking, is it the weekend or not? And you're thinking that because you thought, I kind of worked. I kind of took the day off. But the, the worst part about that is if you kind of work, you did not work. The other worst part is if you didn't kind of take the day off, you didn't take the day off. Mm -hmm. Days off are beautiful things. I work a lot, but I encourage like 24 to 48 hours a week, just unplug, do nothing, but dedicate that to the rejuvenation of what rest and days off should be mm -hmm. so that you're fueled going back into doing work you love. If you split both, if you half-ass both, you actually completely wasted a day. No progress was made in either direction. So when you're talking about that, I agree. You have to be fully aware of like, is this, am I working? Am I doing all I can today? Or is this a dedicated hands-off day so that I can come back and work even more and even better? Yeah. Like how many of us have not sat in front of a computer for like four hours and right. been like, did I, did I do anything? What am I doing? I think I did that earlier this week. I'm not going to lie. And then I, I had a conversation with my husband and I was like, I didn't really get much done today. And he was like, maybe you should have just taken the day off instead of pretending to work. Yes. <laughs> and that's, and if someone's at that point, I'm going to encourage you right now. And it's hard, especially in this weird time. And some people have a ton of kids running around or everyone's quarantined in the house. I, I don't know. Like my brothers have kids and I know they're at home for this, you know, till like September now. Okay. That's got to be difficult. So if you're feeling guilty, the other side of the guilt is you're feeling guilty because you feel like you have to keep working. But if that work is getting less and less productive or fruitful, take the day off. You need permission. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> take it off. And we always say what you're doing now is going to affect you six to nine months down the road. So it's important to use this time to work hard and rest hard. Like we always say, work hard, play harder. And we can't do a lot of playing outside right now. <laughs> but it's true, what you're doing during this time is going to affect you in six to nine months. And so for the people that are just half-ass working and half-ass resting, that's going to affect you in the future when you're actually having this intentional time to dive into those things that are going to make you more money, then you're going to see the fruit from that as well. Yes, I totally agree with that. Let's shift gears and chat about some like tangible ways that people can start making a little bit more money now. I know that sometimes like the concept of selling or sales or, you know, just hustling to make money rubs people the wrong way. But on our podcast here, we are all about unpopular opinions. We're about like cutting out the fluff. Like, let's keep it real. We all have to eat. We all have to pay our bills. How can we help people make more money right now? I think especially speaking of that funny gritty against the grain of selling and all that is what, what else are you doing this for? Like I'm all about value and I'm all about email lists. And if you look at my social media, it's just absurdly entertaining. I, the next last week I've just made cocktails on there. I love it. But that bring entertainment. But at the same time, I tell people if I was not using Instagram for business, you would not see me on social media ever because it's a distraction if it's not for business. So you can choose, it's a distraction or it's business. And business means profit and it means success and it means selling. 
And if you do it right, you can use service and selling as interchangeable words, but you have to be okay with the selling part. So Absolutely. Yeah. You're just, to me, selling is like getting what you are able to give people, getting it in front of them and making sure that they're seeing that that is available to them and sharing your knowledge and sharing your gifts. But if yeah. you are not telling people that those gifts exist, they'll never see them. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. You're actually doing them a disservice if you're not selling them with like the ways you're able to serve them. Mm-hmm. 100%. So I'd say if you, I mean, if you want to think like very practically, you have to understand like the tap is not shut off. It seems like everything has halted. And for the most part, a lot of the emotion, the physical motion has halted, whether you're in the event space or a photographer, like I know a lot of us are, but you also have to understand life, the world keeps spinning and life keeps moving. There are thousands, tens of thousands of engaged couples who are planning their wedding in 2021 right now, who, because the world said stop, they're not actively pursuing a lot of other things. You should be actively pursuing all of those people, whether you're a designer, a photographer, in the event space, in the service industry, product industry, whatever it is. People are more so than ever on social media, like we just admitted. You can just escape in there. So if, you're, if you are under the thought that everyone's just in this non-decision-making mellow mode right now, it's simply not true. I would argue it's the opposite. Everyone's looking for something to invest in because they're bored, because they need hope, because whatever that is, and whatever you can give them to offer that, it's a service to them. If you are a photographer and you are not utilizing Instagram to communicate with all those people, you can, we all know the ways of searching hashtags and tags and events and this and that and finding engaged couples. You should be DMing all of those people I know this is a super weird time. I'm a professional photographer, so I just wanted to go through. I found you. You're engaged. I just wanted to give you some encouragement that, you know, we're so excited for all the weddings next year. If I can, if I can answer any questions you have, I'm in this space and I'm experiencing this on my end. I'd love to help you with that. And then it becomes a numbers game. If you want to go really practical and do that, do that a hundred times. If none of that works, I'll give you my phone number. You can call me and yell at me. <laughs> I've never had someone that doesn't work for. If it doesn't work for 100, you can yell at me, but I'm still going to tell you to do 100 more because it works at this point. The first time I taught this, or the last time I taught this was a few months ago at the Evolve conference. Like four days later after the conference end, we were in Mexico at a wedding. I get a text message from a girl. It's like, I tried though a DM. She goes, I tried this DM thing you told me about. I just booked a session. I booked a wedding. I was like, hey, look at, look at that. It's fantastic. So people still need that hope. And if you can bring that to them, they'll pay for it. And like you said, this podcast, like I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. You charge for your services, obviously. So if you can bring that value, they're going to be more than happy to do that. Another thing that we have been encouraging people to do, depending on your service, is to still profit a lot of people, like lowering the entry point. Like Jess and I across the board for weddings, it's 50%. It's a 50% deposit. A lot of people, depending on the market they're in, that seems a little lofty or if that's normally put it to 25% and see what happens, you know, and you can toy with it. And if you have a product you're selling online and say it's usually like a, I don't know, $300 product, try entry for 99. And that sounds super scary where you're like, wait, this is scary. $99. But what if they cancel the next two months? Okay. Well, what if you don't sell anything? And then at that point, you should be so confident in your service and your product that $99, 
by the time they purchase that, they're going to be exuberantly more happy to pay the rest of it because by the time a month goes by, whatever you're selling them should give them so much hope or progress that it was worth it and they're okay with it. Absolutely. We have a product that we are releasing right now. If you're a photographer and interested, it's about how to sell albums without in-person sales. This came out of a necessity for us because album sales are our number one way to make more money without raising our prices or without booking more weddings. We all, we have destination. No one, none of our clients live in Santa Barbara, maybe one out of every 20. So what, one and a half a year? <laughs> and we had to come up with a way to do a service to them, to sell to them more and to do that. So we created the system and then we created a product around it. The product just in April is a $99 entry fee. It's two other payments to 99 bucks or three other payments to $99. But for $99, people have been getting into this course because I know by taking this course, it's going to change their business and it will teach them how to sell to clients now. And it'll teach them how to sell the past clients where you're doing them a service. So whatever your entry point is, consider making it lower with the confidence that whatever that you're doing is going to make them so, you know, entertained, educated, pro progressive, successful, that they won't think twice about the second or third payment. I totally agree with that. And I think one quick point to your last, uh, your last tip about, you know, like lowering the entry point of things is that I'm sure with your course, I, I talk a lot about education on this podcast and becoming an educator. And I always talk about making sure that your education is tried and true. And so I know that when you're lowering that first payment to $99, you're saying like, I am confident that this is going to make you that money yeah. back. And so it won't, it's a no brainer for these people to continue to invest with you. So just one tip, if you're out there and you're trying to be innovative and you're trying to be creative with what you can um, offer your audience to make money right now, please don't just like pull something out of thin air without testing it first and make sure that what you're offering, even if it's a lower price point is that it's like, okay, I'm confident that this will give a return to people, which then leads me to my other follow-up that I have for you guys based on what you just yeah. talked about that I love is that everything you've talked about is doing or sharing things that you already do and just building on things mm -hmm. that you're already doing. I think a really big mistake I'm seeing a lot of entrepreneurs make right now is they're building a lot of things out of nowhere without prepping it, without, you know, like testing it, without actually having the experience to add these new offerings in, instead of just doubling down and finding ways to increase what they're already doing. So like, like you said, people, people, there are people who are struggling right now and that's a re really big reality, but there are also people who haven't really been affected or impacted because what they do has a lot of job security or they're ready to invest. I, I always like to use myself as an example because I feel like I'm one of those people who I will never say, like, I'm not done. I am never done learning. I'm not done doing things. And I just made the biggest investment I've ever made into education in my business. Like in the eight and a half years I've been in business, I just made my biggest investment. And I didn't think twice about it because I was like, now's a good time. I've got, you know, I have free time coming, so I might as well use it to learn and then, you know, from a from another standpoint, as an example, we have a family member whose wedding has been postponed a year, unfortunately for them. But we were chatting, I was chatting with the bride and she was like, well, we couldn't afford the photographer we wanted. And now I have a year to afford the photographer I want. Oh gosh, that's genius. I freaking love that. I love that so much. I and just got chills that's just about from, that. <laughs> that's just from a bride that has 
is consciously aware of that. Okay, there are brides everywhere to our point that you could bring the awareness to of, hey, here's this, and I actually have this lower thing now. Let's figure this out together. Yeah, and she's only aware of that, by the way, because of me, because I keep sending her photographers. So you have to be the person that sends the, the suggestions. I love, oh, yes, okay, this is perfect. Yeah. Segue into what I love saying is, one of the things that we hear people complain about the most or like excuses for why people aren't making money is they say, Oh, if they want it, they'll ask. Bullshit. Like, oh, my customer will ask me. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is not it's the opposite <laughs> of that. You're the professional. Like you, people always ask like, no, no, no. If they want an extra hour of coverage, they'll ask. If they want another uh, logo made, they'll ask if they, why they've never done this before. Like our clients, it's either their first wedding or their first like invested in a wedding that they're like proud of because they're investing in a photographer in this. Why would they know for Jess? Why, why would they know what a boudoir shoot is? Why would they know if you're in the South, what a bridal shoot is? Why would you know you want rehearsal dinner coverage? Why would you need 10 hours instead of eight hours? They're not going to assume those things. It's our responsibility. And if you don't, this should convict you. If you're not doing these things, they're missing out. Yeah. You're going to go to their wedding day instead of eight hours when realistically you should have been like, I should have been here for 12 hours because uh, <laughs> it was a mass ceremony, extra 90 minutes, and it was a 45-minute commute to the reception. Because I didn't suggest something, two things is going to happen. One, you're going to resent them and you're just going to stay because that's the kind of person you are, which is not bad, but it's better if you got paid for it. Or two, they, you're just going to be that's my hours by and they're never gonna have an opportunity for you to actually serve them and they'd be happy to pay you for that. <laughs> so when you're thinking about these things, your responsibility is to bring the awareness and the offer to them. Because they can't buy something they don't know exists. Absolutely. I think that's really interesting. And I, I it is something that like, I think about when I am the customer, but that sometimes we do forget because we are living our professions day in and day out. And so, you know, like a web designer is going to be like, well, obviously they need this, but I have no idea how to build a website. So like, how would I know <laughs> that I need, you know, Shopify light and, you know, integrated and I, I need this on my yeah. blog. Like, I don't know those things you have to tell me and then you have to charge me for it. Cause I can't yeah. do it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have, like, I remember like the first product I ever made, it was like a preset and it was like, Oh great. I'm going to make a preset. And then I had to do like all this research to understand, oh, I need a Shopify. Oh, I did all these things. But it's, it just makes you think you're not a, you don't know. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And the second I started researching it, Shopify's a genius. And they, they understood the analytics because James is shop. James is looking for a service. Then the email started to come in and I love when I get targeted ads because they're saying, this is something you need, right? If it's not, no problem. But you guys want to, we've all bought something at this point from social media ads mm -hmm. and everyone gets all offended. Like they're targeted. Thank goodness they're targeted. I, I would be so annoyed with ads if they were like so obscure. I'm so happy they're targeted. In fact, they help me. I've never bought a product that's been targeted for me. That I was like, ah, I can't believe I bought that. It's like, ah, that really helped. Yeah. That's like your service is that. And I'm not yeah. saying to be like that tenacious with targeting, like every day, you know, sending in like this little ad. But if whatever profession you're in, write down a list of five things that are extra or add-ons. Like, just do that. Whether you're a designer, whether you're a photographer, whether you are a business coach, whatever you are, 
write down five things that are not your main thing. So for a photographer, don't write down wedding photography, but you can write down rehearsal dinner coverage, bridal sessions, boudoir sessions, albums. Guys, albums are huge. If you're a photographer, I know our contact info is going to be in here. It's our number one way of making more money. And I laugh at this because I used to be like the most tenacious, like never, never, ever. And I'm like, wow, that's made me a ton of money. But it wouldn't have happened unless I wrote down these options. I remember writing down like, I've heard this works. I should probably look into this more. So write down five things that are extracurricular to you that you could and should be upselling to people. And by upselling, I mean introducing them to it, bringing the awareness to it, and what void it will fill for them. Yeah. It's nice to have like, you know, just five things. That's super easy. And I think if you actually sit down and if you're not really like sure how to go about that, I feel like just writing through your process of whatever your offering is and being like, what do I do from beginning to end? And at what point does my client need to know that they can add something on? Like, what can I monetize? I just got so excited. You'll start to find, (laughs) once you define those things, you'll start to find where to interject those and it becomes a routine. And then once you have those things, you'll start to be aware of those opportunities because there's opportunities all around you. It's like, it's like when you're looking for a new car, just as dream car is a G wagon. And I guess, I mean, I would, I wouldn't be against it, but the second she told me this was years ago, she's like, I want a G wagon. And we're in Santa Barbara Granite, so there's plenty. But ever since she said that, you know, this, when you're starting to look for a new car and you're driving around, all of a sudden that car just appears everywhere. It's not because something magical happened where the car starts to appear. It's your, your lens has shifted to see that. When you start to list these things out, your lens in your business for your clients will start to shift to see, oh my gosh, I'm so happy I know to tell them this now. That's, an, uh, that's a gap. How many of my past clients did that? That's a good question. You should go back and see if you can serve them, all your past clients with that. Like you said, it seems like everyone might be in the position you are. And if you're struggling to like really crave for this, be encouraged that that's not true. Our, the majority of our clients, no problem. They've just moved their date. And you know, we still have people booking because people are still needing that. And even if they are dipped a little bit, people still need encouragement and people still invest in things that give them hope. There's so much opportunity. That's, that's amazing. I totally agree with that. I feel like I really like the concept of once you start thinking about things, you just constantly, like it's, continually brought in front of your eyes, like when you're not even looking in the future. So I love that. What is, do you guys have like any other ways that we can encourage people to kind of like start thinking about different ways to. Yeah. I have something super practical that, that Jess and I came up with. So it's like Instagram competition, but it's, it's not the competition that matters. It's what you do after the competition. Yes. So we've done this twice and we've seen ridiculous fruit from it. Um, if you go scroll through the first one we did was for an engagement session giveaways a few months back. And even more so now, we're probably going to do one this week because everyone's on, like, my analytics are hilarious right now. Everyone is staring at their screen. So you might as well give them something to do. Yep. Whatever you do, whether it is a giveaway, it's a, an engagement session, a wedding giveaway, whatever it a is, a product giveaway. giveaway, a one-hour mentorship session giveaway. Do a competition. For Jess and I, it's really simple. You can go and see our competitions. They literally say giveaway. It's on our feed. And the rules are like, you have to follow Jess and I. And for the engagement session one, it was tag your fiance and say the thing you love most about them. Because with Instagram's algorithm, you, you don't should be just commenting want... words, not just an emoji. Yeah, you have right? to have like more four than words. four words for it to count as a comment. And then for 10 more entries, 
tag, you can tag 10 engaged friends. What we did was got probably 300 engaged people, eyes on us, were photographers. Sure, there was one winner, but the point of this competition in particular was not the winner. It was what we had. Instagram, you guys, is a free app that gives you a free platform to people around the world that you can target and say, you're engaged, look at me. At that point, once we ran that competition, it was our responsibility to take over Say thank you, Instagram, for the blessing that you've given me of all these people interacting. What am I gonna do with this now? We DM'd every engaged couple that did not win. So hundreds. Hey, this is James and Jess. I know you probably saw, I'm paraphrasing, but basically the point was, I know you saw you didn't win, you know, with these things, there was only one winner this time. However, we still wanted to thank you for entering and give you something. We would love to hop on a 15-minute phone call and give you any Ask any questions about wedding planning you have. Do you like to know the first question every single time when I got on that, that? Are you available on this date? Because by the time we even, and it's some of them we didn't book, I'm not gonna lie, like some of them they couldn't afford us or anything like that, but we just made another fan. And the people who couldn't always ended with, I wish I could, but every time someone asks, you're the first person I'm sending their way. We've booked weddings because of that. You know, and it's like a lot of times people out there just looking like, I just need to book like one or two this month. Do that. I bet you could get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, especially if you're working within like a smaller scale, I mean, you guys are working with, with luxury weddings. That's like always going to be a little bit more difficult. You get more no's. That's just how it works. The higher your price goes. Yeah. And it's worth it. I mean, there's, you know, you, you need to book less, but you're still making the same amount. But for, I mean, I think about all of the, um, all of the other like creatives out there who have just like lower priced offerings. If they applied the same marketing tactics, like Amazing. the yeses would be oh. insanely high. And I know it sounds overwhelming. Like as you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so many DMs. I will say this is just like fun fact that I'm so pumped about because I use Instagram on my desktop just to like go like, like, and comment sometimes DMs are now in the desktop app yes. and I am pumped. I am. I, I can't like, I prefer doing everything from my computer. It's just easier Same. for me. You can also upload IGTVs now from a computer and they can be like 60 minutes long. I found oh out my which gosh. is super cool. Not making like a production like that, but I wanted to. <laughs> um, but yeah, I okay, this is, the, yes, that's a lot of DMs. But what else are we doing? Yeah. It's, like I said, if I wasn't working on Instagram, I sh you shouldn't have Instagram in my opinion. That's, call it an unpopular opinion. If you're not connecting with humans genuinely or using it as business, get off social media. And if you don't want to send that many DMs, record a video of you talking to them. And it doesn't have to be specifically their name, but like specifically for that giveaway that you oh, did. Oh yeah, it's a copy and paste. a video and send them a video. That's what I did with a bunch of my, for the boudoir giveaway that I did, I sent a video to like, I think 80 girls. And then I had 15 that booked immediately, but I wanted to, it was amazing, but I wanted them to know, like, I'm here for you. I'm making you more comfortable by you seeing my face mm -hmm. and we're engaging in conversation. And I felt like a video yeah. was actually less and work your, than typing. Your offer can be... Like I just said, we just said like 15 minutes. It can be like at this time, one, if you combine this with the lower point of entry, and so for Jess's boudoir giveaway, she like took off the sitting fee or something instead of that, like, so it was an actual tangible like X amount off or whatever it is. You can do that. There's no rules. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do, but also understand there's work to be done. You can't end the day feeling that guilt and be like, ah, oh, nothing happened to me because you didn't do anything. 
I love that. I feel like follow through is one of the most important, but one of the most, um, I guess one of the least implemented points of the system is like people do giveaways. People will go and do a, a, spend so much time on a caption, so much time on posts, and then they don't engage or they don't follow up. And it's like, yeah. you just wasted your time. And then you complained that it didn't work for you. So yeah. try again. You will wait statistically right now, simply following up. Like, and I'm not talking just about following up on Instagram, like just talking to people for crying out loud. I'm talking about someone's in your inbox. They sent you an inquiry. We send the response back and we get ghosted. Our human nature is like, screw them. I can't believe they ghosted me. I have someone who does my emails. That's how bad I am at emails, right? Like, and I do it for a, for a job. There's people who don't have email on their phone because it's work to them. So the follow-up, you will lose at least 40% of business if you don't send a follow-up. We have yeah. five follow-ups that goes out and one's a text message. So encouraging you all follow-up. In the past couple of weeks, you've gotten ghosted swallow the pride because it's not against you yeah. and i'll tell you this right now if you got an inquiry and i got an inquiry i'm following up with them and i'm gonna win that's just the nature of business it's like that same i think concept and that same fear of quote-unquote selling is like annoying people or whatever and I, I i get the initial hesitation but i'm also like you kind of need to just move on and like move forward and push forward right. even with me like with the educational investment that i just made i actually said no the first time they followed up and got me on a call <laughs> and i was i was like all right that's fine but you, you sell like, when you ever sell a course or anything like email marketing is, there's a chain sequence of following up and then there's a final, hey, this is the offers ending or if it's a wedding, I'm assuming you with someone else, this is the last time you hear from me. Sales happen right there. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, pressure, not pressure, but like finally a deadline or whatever that is. But I wouldn't have bought, there's, I would say 40% of the things I bought online would not have happened if it was like, this is still in your cart. And I was like, oh, it is, huh? I guess I need that. <laughs> I forgot about that. because I, I got a like... pair of Nikes coming tomorrow, by the way. <laughs> I got some Adidas coming tomorrow. What? Everyone's having sales right now. It's great. <laughs> we well, are being targeted and we like it's it. It's working. It's totally working. Sephora does a really good job of that too. Uh... Oh, trust oh. me, she knows. <laughs> I am at the top of their VIP level because I spent so much money there. But it's true. It works. Yeah, it's a good problem. So we're, I'm going to like wrap us up a little bit because I feel like I could talk to you guys for like 18 years. You're coming back. I mean, this is not like a, you should come back. This is happening. This is great to party sometime. <laughs> Do you guys have any like final like tips or tricks you just want to like rapid fire throw at people before we get to the unpopular opinion question? Ooh. Okay, lightning round. Instagram giveaway is a huge one. And if you're a photographer, highly consider implementing albums into your workflow because I used to not do this. I'll just, I'll be super blunt with you. I made $60,000 profit last year because I started selling albums in a manner that I was comfortable with that was servicing people all without in-person sales. Like honestly, like consider doing that. During this time, we're sending emails to past clients for two years ago that didn't get an album saying, hey, You've been on Instagram, we've looking at photos, I have this offer for you. So highly consider doing that. If you're interested, we have this course on it and it's worth it. Lower the entry point to prove my point <laughs> anyways. And look for those opportunities where you can be selling. That's my number one thing. Those five things, and if you can go more than that, for some reason if you're like, I have 10 things that no one ever buys from me that I offer, like your a la carte list, 
figure that out. If you're a photographer and it's about timing, whenever the opportunity opens up of scheduling, call them, go over their ideal schedule with them and be honest. We're like, you probably need another hour. Give them the opportunity. So just yeah. list out your opportunities and then map out at what stage you can do that and then begin doing that. Profit doesn't happen without the action. So begin doing those things. That's awesome. I totally, totally agree. And I think it, it, I think people will be surprised at when you like actually sit down with a pen and paper and you're like, let me list out my processes, how many opportunities there are. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. Okay. So you guys, I have to ask, cause it's just like the signature question. What is your unpopular opinion on, I guess we talked about a lot of things, but your unpopular opinion about, um, maybe adding revenue streams or making more money or working from home, any of the things. You want me to start with this? Go for it. So we always say, if you, like we were saying earlier, if you can lay your head down at the end of the day and say, I did all I can today, then that's great. If not, quit bitching. <laughs> because if you're, <laughs> if you're not working smart enough and hard enough, then you can't bitch about it. You can't use that time to complain. You can actually use that time to keep working and moving forward. Everyone I know who doesn't bitch about things doesn't do that because they're too busy putting into action the work that they should be doing. They have an abundance mindset. Complaining is not an option. Yeah. And if you are thinking, I do work hard enough or smart enough and nothing's happening still, you have two options. Complain and bitch about it or seek counsel. And I will tell you the most sad thing about seeking counsel is it usually doesn't happen because pride or fear get in the way. Pride of, I couldn't ask for help because I consider myself above that level. Okay, go ahead and pretend and that nothing's gonna change. Or fear of, that person's gonna figure me out that I don't have it all together. You guys, I seek counsel every week from professionals. There are people who will always be better at me. I have a speaking coach because I'm a public speaker and he talks better than me, straight <laughs> up, and I want to refine my craft. And if you ever run into someone you seek counsel for that does shame you, screw them. I'm serious. Close that door and don't open it. That's it. They're not actually for you, but I promise there's people for you. Lately, you're literally a prime example of it. I, I always say this. Email me. DM me. I answer every DM and every single email, and I will answer any question you have. And if you need a little bit of encouragement personally, message me. I'm there for you. There are people all over who are there for your success. That's beautiful. So to summarize, I love that. Quit bitching, <laughs> put in the work, and seek counsel. Beautiful. I love that, you guys. That was, I couldn't agree more. What a shock. I'm just kidding. Um, well, this is amazing. <laughs> you guys are coming back on the show, right? Because we want to hear all about working together. I, mean, I, mean, I, could, I could do this all the time. I have nothing else going on today. Clearly. I'm like, wait, <laughs> my calendar is wide open. What a surprise. You're going to see another ding in your calendar of like, James, I just signed up for another one. And I'll be so excited. Thank you guys so much for all your time today. Thank you so much. This Thank was awesome. You. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.